Man, let me just start by saying I can feel the presence of God powerfully in this place tonight. Can all of you feel that? I mean, just from the moment we begin in worship and it's thick and it's heavy and God is going to do something tonight and in these days to come in our lives and what we experienced in the Breakthrough Conference was only the beginning of a new level of increase. Amen? You know, we wanted to do this Breakthrough Hangover series uh, kind of following up the powerful move of God through our Breakthrough Conference because it was so obvious that lives were being touched and impacted and changed forever. The power of God was moving in this place during those three days. And it was an amazing thing to bear witness to and to partake of. How many can attest to that, that we're here, right? And so we wanted to make sure, just like Pastor Josh was saying when he was up here, that we exhorted everyone to just and help each other to continue to walk in that same level of power and victory and in God's presence in our lives. And coming off of a time like that where God moves in your midst and in your life, it's easy to sort of be a little bit what I would call just uh, awestruck by God or maybe a little dumbfounded because when the supernatural collides and overwhelms the natural, it's a powerful thing. It's of God. And then in the days following we begin with our natural minds to start to try to make sense of stuff like that. We start replaying things, and, and then it just becomes a little bit, uh, un, you know, we're just awestruck by what God did. We're sort of in this, hence the term, breakthrough hangover. And so we want to just really lift each other up in these weeks to come and say, we know that we are meant to live in this form of power and authority passion, revelation, each and every day of our God-given lives here on this earth, right? And we know that it's easy as in the natural to just sort of like wean, back, wean down, to sort of come off of, of things like that. But we can do things to lift our spirits up and to be able to move forward in that same level of power. So the natural mind starts to become confused and unclear about supernatural things that have happened when we try to make sense of it. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Right there, the Word tells us and explains to us why we can't make sense or put together all of the powerful things that have happened in the supernatural in the days following with our natural minds. Amen? So my topic tonight is what just happened. How, how to really kind of reflect, if you will, and, and really take in this experience, this supernatural experience that we have with God. And what I really felt compelled to first address before getting into what just happened, is actually to help us settle the question, what did not happen? Let's get that out of the way first. Will, will you go there with me? Let's get out of the way, what did not happen? Because I think this is really where it begins, because the enemy has a very distinct tactic, very distinct tactic to try to come at us with after a powerful move of God happens in our lives. So one of the first things to settle that did not happen is an over-emotional response 
in a needful moment or a, just a kind of an uplifting time. Don't we have a tendency to do that sometimes? We get in this powerful time with God. He moves in our life. And then in the days to follow, uh, we start to maybe think, well, you know, I know I was so like it was God and you, I was on fire. But, you know, maybe I was just a little bit over emotional. I was kind of caught up in the moment. Right? How many people would agree that that does happen, right? But that's not the case. That is not something that, uh, that happened. We did not ex- have some over-emotional, natural experience in just getting caught up in a moment. Another thing that did not happen is it was not a random chance that you were here. It was not just like, well, somebody just happened to invite me. It just happened to work out that night that I was off. It just happened to work out where I had a sitter for the kids. Look, there's a lot of could have, would have, you know, just worked out type of things. But I'm here to tell you that God doesn't make any mistakes when it comes to how he arranges things in our lives to set us up to meet him, to have an encounter with him. The Bible tells us he knew that day existed before time itself. He knew that that day and those days were playing out for you in those hours and those minutes and those things that were happening in your life before he even formed the earth. That's powerful. It was not some random chance that you were here. Another thing to settle that did not happen is that there wasn't a a, a change, a spiritual change that took place on the inside of you. You know, a lot of times we have this great, powerful experience, and we get convicted. We see things changing in our lives. We we know we're going to, you know, do things differently, or we're going to move forward differently. But then we, we come out in the days to come, and the outward manifestation has not yet taken its cor- played its course, right? There's a process that has to happen outwardly to sort of manifest forward the things that have happened internally. But when we look around and we don't see the things happening outwardly, we can t- have a tendency to question what really happened inwardly. And we cannot do that. We cannot do that. Let me give you an example. Let's say somebody comes here and they're... And they're uh, they experience God. They have powerful uh, revelation about how their life is going to be different. He convicts them on things, maybe laying down drugs or alcohol. Okay, and you know your, life's gonna, your, your life has changed. You're done with this stuff. Well, that doesn't mean that the people that have been offering you drugs and giving you drugs is not going to be there tomorrow when you go back to the process of the life you're living. You follow what I'm saying? So just because there are certain things that are still working themselves out, the process is still taking its, running its course, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen, that the internal change did not happen on the inside of you. See, Satan, what he wants to do is he wants to cause a reduction of the significance of the experience of God in our minds. Does that make sense? He wants to get us to level it down, take it down a notch, take away the potency of what just happened in our life. If he can't extract the experience, the next best thing he can do is bring the level of significance down in our minds to what just happened so that we don't walk forward powerfully with that testimony. He tells us, the Bible tells us in Revelation 12, 11, that they overcame by what? The blood of the lamb and 
the word of their testimony. If he can pull that from you by getting you to take away, downplay the significance to where you're like, well, you know, I was really excited then, but nah, it's kind of like, I'm not really sure and all this. And you're not going to talk to people about it anymore from that point forward. That's the next best thing. If he can't have you, he wants to try to keep you from winning the people that you're going to come in contact with from that point forward. So we want to make sure that we eliminate these ideas of what, and settle for ourselves, what did not happen. Well, what did happen? There's a lot of things that took place. A lot of unique experiences happen when God moves among us. Some people, like almost every time we come and hear the word of God, receive fresh, powerful revelation and truths that are going to change your life forever. And we know that that happened for people as it does every time we come here on a Sunday to hear the word of God presented to us, right, when God speaks through his vessels. Another thing that happened, some people receive direct, uh, new direction about where they're headed in their lives. Maybe you come seeking answers or direction about a, a matter or a decision, and there begins to come into focus some clarity about what you need to do. And some people receive confirmation about things that they're already contending for or that they already believe they're supposed to do, but God just sort of settles that thing once and for all. Maybe it's through a part of scripture. Maybe it's through preaching the word. Maybe it's in worship. Maybe God speaks to you in that still small voice. Maybe he speaks through somebody else. There's a lot of things and a lot of ways that that takes place. But we get direction. We get confirmation. Another thing that happens, and this is one of the most powerful things that I've, powerful things that I've experienced, is we get a vision from God. He gives us a vision, you know. He shows us something about our life or about where we're headed. Or, or, and, and a lot of times that vision is, is so big and so supernatural that we can only really get a part of it or a piece of it. But I want to encourage you that, that's ex that God knows exactly how much clarity to give you and how much curiosity to leave remaining. God knows exactly the time and exactly the measure to bring those visions to you in. And, and you may just hear the word of God. You may hear God speaking to you and saying things to you about your life and about your future. As far as the vision in Habakkuk 2.3, the Bible says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. The Bible's just telling us, the prophet Habakkuk is telling us that God's way of bringing vision to us, speaking to us, bringing direction, it's in the exact time and it's in the exact measure that we need it. We need to trust that God understands our needs better than we understand our own needs, right? So we want to say to that, that whatever vision, whatever uh, level of direction that we received from God was exactly what we needed. Some people received healing. Some people received physical healing. And some people received emotional healing. Some people even received relational healing. And relationships or things that they needed to let go of or forgive. I've seen so many different types of healings take place. And I can just tell you, every one of them are absolutely beautiful in their time. And they bring God glory when they come to pass, right? 
And, it's, and, and so another, another thing that we do not want to downgrade the level of significance on is when we receive that healing in our physical bodies, in our emotional being, or in those relationships, right? The enemy's gonna try to come back at you after that thing's been solidified, and he's gonna try to loosen it back up in your heart to get you to sort of loosen uh, your faith on the fact that that has taken place for you. People received salvation. There were people that came here that did not know the Lord, and they were touched, and they were convicted, and they gave their life to God, and the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of them, and their name became written in the Lamb's book of life and sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. They're going to be in heaven with us one day. Powerful stuff, right? Another thing that happened is that people were touched by the presence of God. They were touched in an unmistakable, undeniable, powerful way. And a lot of times that happens by the laying on of hands, which we saw numerous times through those three days. And sometimes it happens when you're just right there in your seat and the presence of God hits you. And when the presence of God comes on you, you know, God is a lot of things by his nature. He is joy, he is love, he is peace, he's powerful. And when the presence of God comes on you, it manifests itself differently in different times. At least it has for me. You know, sometimes the power of the presence of God will hit me, and I am just, it's such a sense of peace that I just almost can't even move, you know. It's like your body is just still and there's just this weightiness of this splendor of God that's that's hovering over you that's on you and you just don't want to move and there's other times where it's powerful you feel like electricity and fire is running through your body right it's it's like you can't even control it it just hits you and you fall over right you kind of hit the floor or maybe you just lay back in your chair and you let God do whatever it is that he wants to do I'm going to be real honest with you when I was first kind of exposed to this laying on of hands, I was really like freaked out by that. I didn't, I'm like, yeah, no. I am not falling over, no way. And, uh, and so I told God that, you know, like, I, I don't know. It just, that was where I was at. And <laughs> the first time it happened, whew, I gotta tell you, it was unbelievable. And I just sat there, and this is where I was at with God. I said, okay, God, I'm not just falling just to fall. I don't care if everybody on both sides of me falls down. I'll be the only person standing. I don't care. I'm not going to do it. Pastor Rick comes up to lay hands on me, and I'm just like, okay, you know. But I was contending for God, though. I was really wanting him to do something. I just wasn't going to fall if it wasn't, you know what I'm saying. So he says to me, he says, just open up your heart. And lift up your hands. And I lifted up my hands, and it was like my knees and my legs just gave out. And the power of God just hit me. And I just, I just went down. And I was like, this is real. This is, you know. And it was unbelievable. And God began to minister to me and speak to me in so many ways. And I cherish those moments, and I will never forget them. Because I, the, the, the reality of God's power, of his presence, of all the things we hear about in the word and all this. I was face to face with that reality. Here it is, this power that has overtaken me. And I am face to face with my God. And his power has moved on me in such a way that I can't even contain myself. 
And that is so powerful and so real, and it'll change your life forever. And people have that happen over these last few days. You will never forget that. But I'll also say there's more to come. There's so much more to come. So all of these different unique experiences, and this is not an exhaustive list, by the way. There's probably a lot of other things that people could share with us right now about what happened, and that's our God. But what I would kind of sum all of this up with, sort of say where we all intersect and meet, is that all of us were genuinely stirred up in our spirit. We were stirred up, right? All these experiences that I've just kind of went through, you could say that in every one of those things, our spirit got stirred up within us because when there is spiritual activity going on, heightened levels of spiritual activity, then the spirit gets stirred up in the process. And that's really what I want to talk about tonight in the context of what just happened is this stirring up within us in our spirit. We, have the, we, we are reminded in those moments of God at work in our lives. And then we can begin to see when our spirit gets stirred up and we see God coming in and, and just sort of coming into our life and experiencing him. It's, it's like it brings into focus and gets us so much pa- passion going in us to be able to see God has been at work in our lives through this, all of this time up to this point. And then we most certainly see that he is at work right now in our midst. And we are uh, sort of lifted in our faith and our expectation that God is going to continue to do supernatural things, powerful things through us in the days to come. Right? That's really what the stirring is about to get us to contend and see and have an expectation for God to move powerfully through us in our lives and in our midst from, all, from this point for all the days to come from this point. And I want to go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 1 through 15. This is a great story great part in the Bible where Peter's writing this letter to uh, different believers that are in provinces of Asia Minor where uh, churches have been established and people have been witnessed to from the, for the gospel and people have been saved. And so he's writing this letter uh, to witness to them. And I'm actually going to start a little later on down here in verse 12. And he says to them, for this reason... I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. So what's happening here is Peter is approaching his end. He's in his final days. It's not long after this that he ends up uh, getting uh, crucified upside down, right, and persecuted for his faith. And he is, so at this time, there's a huge persecution going on against Christians. Nero's the Neronian persecution. He's the emperor, and and they're coming against the church uh, in a lot of ways. And also at the same time, There are a lot of false teachers that are rising up in the church. 
there's beginning to be kind of like these uh, verging off uh, teachings of the real, true, authentic gospel. They're sort of taking a little part of it, and then they're adding a lot of other things to it. That's where, like, a lot of the uh, Gnosticism, people, you know, thinking that you can actually attain this level of enlightenment. All these things are happening. So the church is being threatened, and Peter, what he's saying is, I need to stir you up. I need to get your spirit stirred up in you to help really remind you of the things that you already have. And if you go down, let's go back now to verse 1. We'll we'll start in the beginning. So he's greeting them. Um, Actually, let's start in verse 4. He says, uh, that have been given to you by glory and virtue, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he's saying, let me stir you up. Let me remind you about all of the great and precious promises that you already have, that you were once so convicted about, once so passionate about, and so clear on, right? You're, You're worried about Nero's persecution. You're worried about the false teachers. Let let me remind you of this power that's in you to overcome all the things that you're going to face. Let's not focus on the issue here right now of the persecution. Let's just focus on the God in you and the power that he has to work out of you against everything that you're going to face. And he goes on in verse 5, and he says... But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from old sins. And then later on is where I began, where he talks about, let me, let me stir you up. I feel it necessary to remind you and stir you up in these things. So he's saying, you've got all these issues going on. You've got all these things coming against you. Let's just go back to the beginning of the revelation of the power that you have in you. Let me stir up this gift that was once so sharp and so penetrating in the world around you to all the things that you were facing that seemingly right now may be weaning down just a little bit, right? Your effectiveness, your boldness, your authority, maybe it's not quite as high as it once was a number of months or a number of years ago. Let me just stir you back up to the truths and the revelations that you've already had and the things that you already possess by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he did for you. And let me encourage you to move forward by putting on this virtue, this diligence, this knowledge, self-control, godliness, brotherly kindness. He's saying you can do all that because you have the ability to in you. It's already been given to you, so all the things that you need to go out and do battle and to go out and do what, you, what I'm calling you to do in this world, you can do all those things because you already have the thing in you and and possess the ability and the power to bring it to pass. And I need to stir you back up to remind you of those things, right? So he's stirring. We cannot allow at any point 
our view of God and his power in our life to decrease. We have to just continue to be stirred up, right, in our spirit to be able to always see with clear eyes, through the spiritual eyes, exactly the power and the authority that we already have within us. And if we move forward over an extended period of time not being stirred up, then that can kind of wean down a little bit for us. Because we're human, right? We're, in, we're natural people. We've got human emotions and minds and all that. And so we have to be stirred up. And coming to a conference like what we experienced, I don't know how anything that could stir somebody up as much as what those three days just did. But let me say to you that you should be getting stirred up every time you come to a service here at church every time you open your Bible and start reading it in your prayer closet, and every time you call upon the name of your God and you pray to him and you speak to him in those intimate moments where it's just you and it's just him. Because when the spiritual activity begins to take place, our spirit can't help but get stirred up as a result of that. Amen? Paul says to Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Stir it up. Timothy, same situation. Paul's having to exhort him. He's having to encourage him. Come on. I didn't give you, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind. Come on, Timothy. We got work to do. Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Stir it up. Keep it fresh. Keep it sharp. Keep it accurate. It's already there, but keep it stirred up. And keep focused on what is ahead because what you have to go do you have all ability to accomplish. The stirring, it keeps us reminded of the power of God that's in us to overcome those trials and tribulations that are ahead. And it empowers us to lay hold of those things which God has yet for us to, to lay hold of. It empowers us to be able to do that. And it also causes God to become more visible throughout the areas of our lives. The stirring in our spirit stirs things up and causes God to become more visible in all the areas of our lives. Romans 8.29 says, for, him, or for whom he foreknew, that's us, children of God, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God has a very specific intention for the people in this world to see Christ when they look at your life. Very, very specific intention. That's why we're to be more transformed more and more into his likeness, right? I want to do just a demonstration here. So we're getting stirred up. Now what I have here is this is a, can we get the camera to zoom in on this vase? Okay. So this is a vase of water. And you can see the clear water all the way up to the top. And there's about an inch of sand here in the bottom. Now you can see there's sand in this thing, right? But you can't really see the sand everywhere in this glass of water. But watch this. Now, 
Is there anywhere in that water that you don't see sand? Nowhere, right? Now, if, I, if we walk away and we let that thing sit there for about a week and we come back, guess what you're going to see? You're going to see clear water again. The sand's going to settle down. We allow ourselves to get stirred up in our spirit so that the things of God and the power of God can become more and more and more and more visible in all the areas of our lives. Not just when we come here to church on Sunday, but when we go out into the workplace, when we go out into the community, when we go out and do all the things we do in our lives, all of a sudden this brotherly kindness, this love, this self-control, boom, it's manifesting itself out in all of the things that we go out to do that God is calling us to, and God is visible in all the areas of our lives. But if we don't continue to get stirred up, things settle, and you can't see that anymore through the whole picture, right? In verse 5 of that scripture that I just went through in Second uh, Peter, he talks about virtue, putting on virtue. And in the Greek, the word that's used there means the God-given ability to perform heroic deeds. The quality of life that makes someone stand out. Wow. That's powerful. We stir ourselves up so that the things that we already have in us, the abilities because of God who's in us, we become more aware, more convicted, more passionate about, and then we begin to move forward in good fruits and things that God is calling us to do. And as we do that, God becomes visible in our life to other people. Wow. And it glorifies him. And it makes him famous. And that's what our lives are all about. That's what it's supposed to be for. We can't allow ourselves to get settled where God is just barely visible in our lives. Could people even tell that there's something different about you Anywhere outside of church? I'm asking myself that question too. I'm just presenting some things for us to think about, right? But as we stay stirred up and the things of God and the power of God and the abilities of God move through all the areas of our lives, wow, people see God. They don't see a man. They see what God is doing in our life. And I can tell you this. When people look at me, I don't want them to just see Matt Heck. I don't want him to just see a nice guy, good intentions, loves his family, cares about people. I have no transforming ability in me. I can't save people. I can't heal people, right? I want people to be drawn to the God that's in me and what they see happening so that they can experience that for themselves because the God that's at work in me and that's at work in you has absolute transforming power and ability to flow out into other people's lives and impact and change and do things that you could never do in the natural man. I am totally dependent on God. I am so reliant upon him. If anything of any worth, of any value, of any significance is going to happen in the lives of people around me and through me, it's got to be God. It can't be me.
People need to see the God in you in all the different areas in your life. God must be evident in us. Amen? So what just happened? What just happened? Well, a number of things, powerful things. But to sort of wrap it all up and summarize things, we were stirred up. We were stirred up. And there needs to be a constant stirring. We need to be ever busy about the business of being stirred up and allowing the things of God and the abilities of God and the power of God to continue to be at work in our lives and we can have the faith and the boldness that he wants to do that and that he will do that because as we're stirred up, we continue to come face to face in contact close with our God and all the power that comes along with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet.